Chapter Ten of Tourmaline's Time Checks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Tourmaline's Time Checks by Thomas Anstey Guthrie. Chapter Ten. Denouement. At last, the shock was over, and he feebly opened his eyes once more. To find that he was undoubtedly on the deck. And yes, the bank manager was standing over him with a kind of triumphant grin. Mercy, Peter murmured faintly, you, you surely wouldn't kick a man when he's down. My dear sir, protested the manager, why should I wish to kick you in any position? He must be fatally injured if even the manager had relented. Is, is Alfred there? asked Tourmaline anxiously. Keep him away if you can. Certainly, said Mr. Perkins. Who is Alfred? Why, the man with the revolver. I thought you knew. Come, come, said the manager. There's no man of that kind here, I assure you. Pull yourself together, sir. You're on board the boomerang now. I know, said Peter dolefully. I know I am. He shut his eyes resignedly. He was about to receive some other portion of his time balance. If he could only hope that no fresh complications would arise. Would he meet Miss Tyrrell or Miss Davenport next, he wondered, and how would they behave? "'Haven't you had sleep enough yet?' said the manager. "'You're not more than half awake even now.' "'Sleep!' exclaimed Tourmalin, sitting up and rubbing his eyes. "'Why, you don't mean to tell me I've been dreaming all this time?' "'I don't know about dreaming, but I can answer for your snoring.' Why, you almost drowned the ship's band. I knew what would happen when you would have two helpings of curry at breakfast. Worst thing to take in the world, especially if you don't walk it off. Why, you've been the joke of the whole ship for the last half hour. I wish you could have seen yourself with your head hanging over the arm of your chair and your mouth wide open. I thought at last it was only kind to wake you up. Those two young ladies over there have been in fits of laughter. Peter picked up Buckle, which was lying face downward on the deck. His own face was very red, possibly from stooping, as he inquired. Uh, which two young ladies? Can't tell you their names, but those two uncommonly nice-looking girls. One in white and navy blue, and the darker one in pink. Dear me, I thought they would have died. Even now they seem to have the greatest difficulty in controlling their countenances, for happening just then to look round and catch Peter's glance of confused and still somnolent suspicion, they buried their faces in their handkerchiefs once more, in agonies of suppressed mirth. And these were the two whom his dreaming fancies had pictured as tenderly, desperately, madly devoted to him. The reality was decidedly disenchanting. They were very ordinary girls, he saw, after all. "'Well,' said Mr. Perkins, "'it's not far off tiffin time now. 
"'So you see you managed to get through your extra time, after all?' "'Yes,' said Peter, with a little natural embarrassment. "'But I think, do you know, that, on reflection, "'I—I I won't deposit the extra hours, after all. "'If you will kindly take back the—the cheque-book,' he added, feeling in his pockets, "'and give me the form I signed, we will consider the arrangement cancelled, eh?' "'It's my belief,' said the manager, "'that your head isn't quite clear yet, "'for hang me if I know what you're talking about. "'Deposit? Cheque-book? Form? "'What's it all about?' "'Peter coloured more furiously than before. "'It was the curry,' he said. "'I wasn't quite sure whether— "'But it's really too absurd to explain. "'I am wide awake now, at all events.' He was awake now, and knew that no time-bargain of this monstrous kind had ever been actually effected. And all the wild events which seemed to have taken whole months to accomplish themselves were the work of a single hour's indigestion. He was still a bachelor, still engaged to Sophia, he had still to make the acquaintance of Miss Tyrrell and Miss Davenport, and endure the ordeal of remaining for some weeks to come, to say nothing of the extra hours, exposed to the peril of their fascinations. But whatever happened now, it could not be said, at least, that he had not received abundant warning of the consequences which might ensue from any yielding, however blameless or defensible, on his part. And Peter Tourmalin resolved that henceforth Buckle should monopolise his attention. End of chapter 10